I think that the two top options for Brady to go to are the Tampa Bay Buccaneer. I'd now like to present Sam Stradamus. All right. Sam Stradamus in the house. Absolutely. Let's go. Okay, let's do it. All right. With free agency wrapping up, well, not wrapping up, but, you know, pretty much most of the main guys signing their deals and figuring out where they're headed. Uh, I think it's, you know, it's about time we get to a follow-up. Yeah. Recap. It was a wild week. Everything that could possibly have gone uh, awry or done the biggest possible move you could have thought for, it happened every time. And we have a completely new NFL to look forward to this year, bro. Things are going to be different everywhere you look. These quarterbacks went all over the place. Household names, you know, I, I don't think I can think of any year where uh, more people have have to buy have to buy new jerseys, bro. Yeah, it's just <laughs> exciting times. I mean, with everybody, you know, like you said, top quarterbacks changing changing places. It's it's going to be an exciting year. I mean, who knows what to expect out of these teams now? Yeah, yeah. Uh, whole whole lot of people, whole lot of people have different looks in Vegas right now. Uh, you know, this is uh, this is going to be a different year for sure. I think right, so- um, some of the some of the more obvious things that, you know, we pretty much agreed on, uh, you know, starts with Tannehill. I think it was pretty obvious he was going to resign with Tennessee. Yep. Uh, we both agreed on that, and we thought that, that was definitely the right move for, Tann- for Tannehill and for Tennessee. I mean, they, they did what they had to do, bro. I mean, they came in for Tannehill, uh, four years, $118 million. I mean, I, I, it's a little steep, but they, they're committing. They're all in. This is their guy. You know, they made a great run last year. They're going to try and they're, – they're buying in. They're drinking the Kool-Aid. And then they got Derrick Henry on the franchise tag. That was perfect. I mean, you know, hopefully they can agree to something eventually. Um, but, you know, hey, they're in the right – they're in the right place. They've got their two franchise guys locked down for the foreseeable future. Oh, yeah. You had to keep those two guys. I don't like everything they did. But, uh, you know, I think we'll get to that when we when we get to – doing the uh, AFC talk about their division. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, the, the other the other big one that we both agreed on together, uh, Rivers and the Colts, uh, one year, $25 million. Uh, I, I love it. I think that that's a great move. Uh, you know, the uh, the only thing that I, I had gone on talking about them, they, they were also – I thought that Rivers was going to be courted there by them taking a prime receiver at number 13 – but they traded that pick away for DeForest Buckner. So a uh, little bit different of a scenario there. Going to look at uh, a lot of different moves with the Colts now than I was originally thinking. But I love Rivers going there. I think that they're contenders. I'm not as big as you on the uh, the Colts. I'm thinking, I think Miami beat them last year. And uh, I'm just you know, they're a solid team. But, you know, I, I never totally believed. I, I know Phillip Rivers is a good quarterback, but he's had better weapons in the past. Yeah, are the yeah. Colts going to give him, you know, better chance to win? The Colts are going to give him an offensive line like he's never had. Yeah, and a solid run game. Marlon Mack is a guy who uh, saved my fantasy twice in a two years in a row. Man, uh, <laughs> they're. Uh, I think that that's an up and coming team. Yeah, I think uh, 
we'll get into that when we uh, hit the AFC South. <laughs> yeah. Um, I think the next guy on the list, uh, Case Keenum, signed with the Browns. I didn't really see that coming. Um, you know, I don't think it makes too many too many waves, but uh, you know, no. for me, that says he just wants to be a career backup, a la Matt Moore. Yeah, yeah, and I mean, you know, that's somebody with some some upside. So that if you know Baker Mayfield just continues to be an interception machine you know maybe he'll see some playing time but you know mostly just veteran insurance uh good head in the locker room somebody to uh help help mentor um baker yeah um and with that being said i think uh that brings us on to the prize of free agency (laughs) something i myself did not see coming and never believed would happen yeah, you, I, Sam Stradamus, did see it. Yeah, yeah, you know, I, I, I'm going to bask in the limelight on this one. I've been bragging to everybody that, you know, I called this, um, you know, and, and just both of us living here in New England. It's the best thing in the world, man. The world has just turned upside down here. It, it's uh, it's incredible. Uh, Brady to the Buccaneers, two years, 50 million fully guaranteed uh that that's just incredible incredible yeah the the nfl is completely different now it certainly is it's gonna be exciting it's exciting times i mean i'm you know i'm still interested in seeing where Jameis ends up cam newton's gonna end up but uh you know we'll find out and uh you know that being said i think what we're gonna do is we're gonna go into discussing each division team by team one division at a time get into what each team's done in free agency and you know talk about whether or not we like what they've done we like you know see if we like where they're going yep that being said we're going to start with the east now that tom brady is no longer in the afc east which uh, brings us to the patriots (laughs) yeah yeah and uh you know i'm beginning to look at it closer and it can you know kind of see why he'd want to leave who's he supposed to throw the ball to yeah, seriously uh they they have not done anything with tight end position since Kronkowski left and Brady has uh has thrived with a good tight end uh there he had nothing last year it was Julian Edelman and I, I don't know I don't know like there, there there was nobody putting up those random Chris Hogan seasons or anything like that. It, th- there's, there was nobody else. Uh, they drafted Nikhil Harry in the first round last year. Uh, injuries or, or whatever just completely did them in. Um, you know, yeah, I, I could definitely see why he'd leave too. Yeah, and it doesn't look like they're going after one of the veteran quarterbacks in Dalton or Newton. doesn't look like they're going after any of them. They signed Brian Hoyer and seems like they're high on uh, – Stidham. Yep, Jared Stidham. Uh, so it looks like that's the route they're going. And, uh, you know, I don't know. I think this is, you know, maybe is this Belichick waving the white flag? No, I there, there are quite a few quarterbacks that are upcoming here in the draft. And, you know, Belichick knows what he wants. You know, I'm sure that they've been prepared for this. You know, let, let, let's be real. They've known that he was going. He... After 20 years of being loyal to that organization, he let them know 
a, a long time ago. They've had months to prepare. Um, and so they've been scouting these quarterbacks. And, you know, this move just tells you that they have found somebody that they like. And, you know, they're going to talk, let Jared Stidham be the talk right now and kind of misdirect people that way. And, you know, I, I'm, I think that Jordan Love or Jalen Hurts might be their guy, uh, somebody that they might be interested in. And uh, we'll, we'll find out next month. Yeah, I mean, it'll be interesting to see, you know, what what kind of team they are now. But, um, you know, does anyone, do you really think that uh, if Stidham starts the last game last year, they beat Miami? I mean, they were playing for first-round bye. And right. Ryan right. Fitzpatrick came in, <laughs> and they crushed him, basically. I mean, they put they crushed their dreams. When they lost that game, Patriots fans knew it was over. They knew they were now doing anything in the playoffs couldn't beat Miami you're not winning a playoff game and they had something to play for I said that bye was on the line they wanted that game and they couldn't do it and that's with Tom Brady so you know with Hoyer are they gonna win I don't think so and you know what else are they adding they have no money yeah absolutely uh they they're they've they made some small moves uh nothing nothing in uh huge I think the biggest, uh, the most expensive move that they made, uh, they well, they used a franchise tag on Joe Thune, um, which you know they need it. Uh, no matter what, whoever's going to be playing quarterback for them next year needs uh, any kind of uh, support on the line. You know, <sighs> yeah, I don't know, man. This is this is a weird spot for them. Uh, at first, I had thought Cam Newton might be uh, a viable option but it just doesn't seem like that's going to happen. No, I think they're, uh, you know, they're going with Hoyer. So I, you know, I'm looking at them to, uh, I know Belichick's a great coach. He can, you know, take any, almost anyone and win, but you know, I just, I feel like they're going to take a huge, huge step back this year, you know, with Buffalo, uh, on the come up, you know, I, I like what they did this off season so far. I think they're, you know, they took a huge step forward and, um, you know, they're looking tough. I, I think, uh, they're the team to beat in the East right now. Yeah, I definitely agree with that. Um, you know, of course I'm going to give Belichick, you know, his, I believe at this point he's earned the benefit of the doubt. So I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna write them off to be fourth place. I'm over uh, him, baby. I'm over him. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I think that he gets a he gets a grace period, maybe a year or two, you know, then then we start, you know, really kind of looking at it hard and, you know, hey, maybe it really was all Brady. You know. Uh I, it's a combination. It's somewhere in between. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. So, I like I said, they're not going to be in fourth place. Um, you know, I I'm not counting them out yet. Well, with Buffalo, um, I think uh, I like the addition of Stefan Diggs. Um, you know, yeah. He, he gave up a you know first-round pick to get him. But he's, no, they gave uh, up four picks to get him. <laughs> well, four picks, but those later-round picks. I mean, obviously, you know, fifth-round picks, sixth-round pick, fourth-round pick. Um, you know, they have some value, but, you know, fifth- and sixth-round picks, you're not really expecting those guys to produce – so, you know, to, to get a guy that is proven in this league, 
you know, it's, I like it. I, I'm not opposed to it. You know, it's creative. Okay. It's creative. Yeah. You no, know? it fun. is. It now, is. It, I would have rather just given up a second and gotten Hopkins. Yeah, yeah. But, you know, who could who could have seen that happening? Wow. Uh, there's got to be something other than, you know, that originally they tried to sell that as a, you know, trying to get out of cap hell move. Um, but they took back David Johnson and $10 million in his salary. And let's be clear, DeAndre Hopkins and David Johnson are not in the same conversation anymore. David Johnson has not had a productive year since 2016. He's been completely derailed by injuries. Uh, he averaged 3.4 yards a carry last year. He's not a starting running back in the NFL, let alone somebody that you trade and take on a $10 million salary for. Uh, Houston got fleeced. I know. I just, I love it. Miami owns Houston's first round and second round pick next year. So the fact that it looks like they're imploding, you know, bodes well for Miami. Yeah. They, they, they might give you the number one pick. I've heard some rumors, some crazy rumors that I'm not, I'm not saying that this is going to happen, but there, there are rumors that Deshaun Watson's going to get traded. Like this team's going to implode. Um, it, it's, I, I don't think that that's going to happen. But this team is beyond dysfunctional. Yes, sir. The Bill O'Brien project has failed. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but uh, with Buffalo, you know, they, they, they lost Shaq Lawson, but they picked up Mario Addison, which is, you know, that's a, that's a good signing. You know, he's had a, at least nine sacks in each of the last four seasons. Yeah. You know? So he's going to yeah. actually – they should get more production out of him than, than Shaq Lawson. I think that's an upgrade right there. Yeah, yeah, Shaq Lawson's a, a promising prospect, and he really seems like he really woke up at the end of this this past year, um, and he really started to produce like they thought that he would out of Clemson a few years back here. But yes, Mario Addison is a much more developed guy. Uh, this is a veteran edge rusher who you can depend on to put you in double-digit sacks this year. So three years, $30.45 million dollars. I think that that's definitely worth it. Uh, Mario Addison's a great player. Yeah. Um, so they're not, yeah, they, they gave their first round pick up. Uh, so that leaves them with a second round pick. Yeah. Um, pretty yeah. much. Uh, they picked up Josh Norman to play cornerback. Uh, they got him at a pretty respectable deal. One year, $6 million. Um, uh, Josh, Josh Norman's looking like a shell of himself. He might need to do uh, something like uh, maybe like D'Angelo Hall did in his career and move to safety at this point because it, it's just not looking good as a corner anymore. Uh, the, the, he's slowed down, and it shows. Uh, corner is their top need, uh, having said that. And, I mean, there are some great cornerbacks prospects in the second round of this draft coming up here. So, I, I'm not I'm not really worried about Buffalo. <laughs> I definitely think that they're still the team to beat. Um, Vernon Butler was also a really new, good pick uh, pickup for them. Uh, two years, and it's uh, 9.3 guaranteed. So, that's not a bad not a bad risk. Um, oh, I he think, had six sacks last year. Yeah, that's, that's a solid pickup for them all day. I think that that looks like the – He'll replace Jordan Phillips. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So they stay, they say a solid team on defense and that's their calling card anyway. 
uh, look for Josh Allen to take another step up this year. This team's going to be good. Yeah, they signed Quentin Spain to play offensive guard, three-year, $15 million. <clears throat> Yeah. So reinforce the offensive line. Uh, you know, they're, they're going to be a tough team. They're going to be a tough team to deal with. It's, uh, you know, I, I think, you know, much like with every team in the league, you know, their success hinges upon Allen. If he plays well, they're going to be a tough go. If he doesn't play well, they're going to be around 500. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, I mean, they have the talent for a team. There's no way they're going below 500. They're going to be – that. that's their threshold, even with a replacement-level quarterback. But Josh Allen has been taking a step up year after year, and uh, I, I think the sky's the limit with him, really. They're, uh, this is This is – I think uh, confidently I'd say that they're the number one team in this division. Which brings us to what I think is going to be pretty much, you know, tied for the worst team in the division (laughs) with the Patriots, (laughs) the New York Jets. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the New York Jets. I mean, they signed Connor McGovern to play center. That's, you know, that's an upgrade to what they had last year. I think that's, that's a decent signing. Um but yeah. otherwise, I think they struck out. They were talking about, you know, signing Conklin from Tennessee. They're going to break the bank. They did nothing. Well, yeah, they there wasn't a great free agency class for the offensive line. Uh, they, they signed a ton of offensive linemen. I guess they're going by committee here and hoping somebody sticks. But they uh, they did what they could. You know, anything is better than what they had. You're right. Connor McGovern is a uh, is, is a good center. Um, and so that's going to help. He's going to be able to call pass protections and keep the, he's going to be able to take that off of Sam Darnold's plate. So that's going to be a really big help for him. I'm hoping with all those linemen they sign that that, you know, <sighs> frees them up to take wide receiver in the draft. Well, yeah, I, I, I think that that's what they were trying to do um, with where they are. It's still, I'd say, a coin toss on which one that they want to take. It's just in a, how the, how aggressive that they want to be, but they're losing Robbie Anderson. There, there, there wasn't any replacement at the wide receiver position. So it's a really depleted staff. Uh, and I don't trust Quincy Anunwa's health. So, I mean, I I'm going, I, I'm going wide receiver if I'm them, honestly. Yeah, I'd, <clears throat> it's, Adam Gase hasn't learned his lesson. I mean, you know, in, in Miami, he didn't value offensive linemen. Once again, in New York, he doesn't value offensive linemen. And uh, it's a mistake. <laughs> if you uh. give your quarterback time, they're not going to do anything. I mean, I don't care who you get. Henry Ruggs can run his 427, 429, whatever it is, all he wants. If they, you know, he can't block the quarterback. He still isn't fast enough to get down the field and, uh, you know, Give, let Darnold just air it out to him. You got to give the man time. Yeah, yeah, I, I hear you. Uh, it's it wasn't. It, it can't I'll be built in this. one season. I'll ask, I'll, I'll ask you this. I'll compare it to you like this. All right. You told me this, so I want to see what you, I want to see what you say here. What was the difference in the year the Falcons made it to the Super Bowl? Alex Mack, hundred percent. I know you're right. The offensive line. You don't need a a rookie wide receiver. I mean, granted, yeah, they can be a playmaker, but at the same time, the you know, what is this draft deeper in? Is it deeper in offensive tackles? Is it deeper in wide receivers? I think it's deeper in wide receiver. And to me, at that spot, you're getting a starting offensive tackle. You're getting 
one of the top four offensive tackles at that spot. And you could still get a starting wide receiver in the second round. You're not getting a starting offensive tackle in the second round unless you take one of the second tier guys and you're planning on, you know, building for the future, you know, building him up and, you know, having him learn on the job and progress. But, you know, I would take any of those top four and plug and play. I, I understand where you're going there, but the biggest deal that they handed out in this off season was to George Fant, who plays offensive tackle. Are they sold on him? You know, that's a starter's contract. Three years, 27.3, max value of $30 million. So that's a starting contract. If they think that they had their left tackle in George Fant, then why not take somebody that Sam Darnold can actually build a rapport with and start to feel comfortable throwing the ball? Because obviously this man is shaken. You know, he's seeing ghosts, apparently. You know, well, he needs, you he needs a familiar, familiarity. He needs a safety net. Who's going to play right tackle for him? You got your left tackle and fan. Who's playing right tackle? They got nobody. Chuma, Chuma, Adoga. <laughs> Come on, you got to get somebody. I mean, well, that's just me. You got to get is, somebody. This is what I'm saying, though. If they take the wide receiver there in the first round, they're all, if they believe in George Fant as their tackle – they might be prioritizing interior offensive line. And if you're prior, prioritizing interior offensive line, they're right in the in the perfect spot to land somebody like a Lloyd Cushenberry. Yeah, if they sign Connor McGovern, you know, the three-year $27 million, So, you know, it just – unless you're going to put Cushenberry over at guard, they sign Alex Lewis to play guard. They sign Josh Andrews to play guard. The only tackle they signed was George Fant, and they still have a hole at right tackle. So – you know, I, I'm, what is Greg Van Rotten? Is he a tackle? <laughs> what a name, Van Rotten. <laughs> yeah, right. No, he's a guard. He's another guard. So, you know, it doesn't look like they signed Van Rotten. He started 11 games last year for Carolina. You know, so it's, I, I just feel like, you know, if I were a Jets fan, if I were building that team, me personally, I would, at that pick in the first round, I got to go offensive line because you're getting one of the premium tackles. And, you know, that's that you can't pass that value up. <clears throat> But all right. all right, more than one way to build a team. So <laughs> fair enough. I'll agree to disagree on that one. But also, don't overlook. They also got Pierre Desir for their for their corner spot. Uh, he's one year, five point five million on a prove it deal. He's had some very solid years in the past as a Colt. Uh, so I think that that's a great signing for them on the cheap. Uh, get themselves some veteran leadership in the in the corner position, uh, as well as re-signing Brian Poole, uh, former Falcon. Uh, so there we go. Yeah, they played well at the end of the year last year. So, you know, if Darnold continues to progress and, you know, can stay healthy, get on the field, you know, they might be, they might be doing something. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Uh, you know, it's a team that I'd say they're probably uh, six or seven win team, I say. Uh, you know, unless you unless you end up having somebody that has a real breakout year or, you know, Le'Veon Bell has a renaissance Pittsburgh Steelers year, uh, you know, I, I don't see them being more than a seven-win team. They're my, they're my most hated team. I don't care. Patriots won all them Super Bowls. It made me numb to it. I don't care. <laughs> I hate the Jets more than any team. So for them to have any success just makes me want to vomit. <laughs> Uh, well, I mean, do you really consider seven wins a success? Because I'm, I'm telling you that that's more than I want to see be, them win. Being 
being an Atlanta fan and sitting at pick 16 in the draft, you can't get the blue chip player that you really need to make you good, but you don't live in a, you know, you're not far enough back where you're getting value positions. Welcome to my world. That's the life I've been living. You're winning. Yeah. Up until this year, that's the life I've been living. Mediocrity. Mediocrity. Football purgatory. And it's terrible. So you don't want, you don't have the ammunition to move up. My worst enemy. Oh, that's it. Because you don't have the ammunition to move up. You don't, you know, and so you're stuck in the middle and you know, there's nothing you can do. You know, you're not getting a playmaker and there's nothing you can do about it. And it's frustrating. And so it's hard to see the light at the end of the tunnel when those are the circumstances surrounding the team. Well, bro, you not may have year. the light at the end of the tunnel at pick five. Yeah, that brings us to Miami, and yes. uh, they made a lot of moves. And you know what? They had the money to do so. So, you know, Absolutely. a lot of people, you know, you get a lot of people out there talking about, oh, my God, how much money did they spend? Look at all the money they spent. Well, let me tell you something. You have to spend a certain amount of money. There's a minimum you have to spend. So you got to spend it. Yeah. You can't just take it with you. You can't roll it over the next year. So, but you guys, but you know what? I love to see this. They're spending it all because they want to show their fan base that this is not where they want to be. They don't want to be bottom feeders. They want to get back to those years. They want to be that dominant team that they used to be. And you the sacrificed Denver one year. That's it. You sacrificed one year. That's it. They went one in 15 over 10 years ago. And the next year they won the division. That was the last time any other team aside from the Patriots has won the AFC East. So you can go one in 15 and win the division the next year. It's possible. And we did it in a division that had the Patriots. And uh, so it's possible. And so, you know, it happens more often, man. Look at last year, San Francisco, they had the number two overall pick in the draft and then they went to the Super Bowl. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. So, you know, I, I don't think Miami's going to win the division. Who knows? We'll see what, what they do in the draft. We'll see. But I'll tell you what, I'm pretty positive with all these moves. Miami had nothing last year. So pretty much any guy you sign this year is an upgrade to what you had last year. And you still <laughs> won five games last year. So, you know, we'll start with Eric Flowers. You know, that's probably the most suspect guy, you know, that they signed to take over a starting position. They gave him, you know, some pretty decent money. Three years, thirty million, uh, nineteen point nine five million was guaranteed, but that's in two years. If he sucks, they can get rid of him, and so they're not going to have. They're going to be in cap hell two years from now. If he's no good, he doesn't play well. They can drop him, and it's not going to cost him much. So I, I like that move. You know, he he didn't cut it as a tackle in New York. Everybody knows that, but he played well in Washington last year as a guard, and that's where they're signing him to play as a guard. You know, he grew up well, down south in, you know, in Miami. That's where he played his college ball in Miami. So he's well aware of what it takes to play in that environment, given the humidity, the heat. He knows how to take care of himself. And, uh, you know, I think it's a good signing. I like it. It's it's definitely an upgrade to Michael Dieter, who played left left guard <laughs> last year for him. So. Well, I'll tell you, I agree with that. Uh, Eric Flowers was never going to be a starting left tackle. The Giants took him at number 10 overall. And because you take somebody at number 10 overall, you feel that they have to be a left tackle because, you know, it's just this unwritten rule in the NFL that only left tackles get drafted that high. But Eric Flowers is a prototypical run stuffer. 
So our run paver. So he is going to open up running lanes. He's a mauler. He was never technically adept enough to pass protect on the left side. As soon as he went to right guard, that changed everything. You know, it was just New York was too proud to put him where he really needed to be. And it stunted his growth. And I think that this is a solid move because he's finally get, getting somewhere where he's comfortable because he's doing what he can do. And so he's going to take off. Yes, sir. I like it. Uh, which brings us to, we'll go Jordan Howard. They signed Jordan Howard running back two years, $10 million. Um, I, I like it. I'm okay with it. You know, you're not spending a lot of money on him. And he's an upgrade, again, to what you had last year. You know, I'm not looking for a Hall of Famer at the position. I'm not looking for a pro bowler. But I am looking for a competent NFL running back. And um, Kalen Balaj is not one. Absolutely. Absolutely. He is not a bell cow back. He is a tandem man, and he needs a draft pick, a high draft pick. You know, Miami has three picks in the first round, two picks in the second round. One of those picks is has to be a oh, yeah. stud running yeah. back. In the top, we, we got a pick in the in. You know, we've got six picks in the top seventy. You know, last pick there in the third round, number seventy. We, I, I'd really like to get a running back, and you got to get a running back at one of those. If they don't trade, trade down to get more picks. You know, around that. You know, in the third round, fourth round. You know, then we got to get a running back in, you know, with one of those other picks, um, you know, given that you get your tackle and your quarterback. Right. <laughs> but uh, so which brings us to Ted Karras, one year, four okay. million dollars. It's just a solid pickup. I, you know, I think he's definitely an upgrade to to what they had last year. Um, What's his name? Kilgore, Daniel Kilgore. He was an okay guy. You know, he was a leader in the locker room, but he's just very weak up the middle. You could, you know, pressure was constantly up the middle. You'd see him constantly going backwards. So it's, you know, it's definitely, uh, if not an upgrade in play, it's an upgrade in change of scenery as I'm looking at somebody different play the position. Okay. Well, one year, four million, you know, so it's a low risk deal. Uh, obviously, he is, this is a weak offensive tackle class and free or offensive line class for free agency. So this is a stopgap move. You need to have a competition oh, yeah. with a draft pick here. So, and he, it's exactly, if you, if you end up taking a Caesar Ruiz or a Lloyd Cushenberry with, you know, one of those top picks there, you can, you could start, you know, you put Caesar Ruiz at center and you let Ted Karras play guard, let him right. play right guard. Um, so fight it out. You know, I'd rather have a bunch of good guys on the line and, you know, let the best guys play than, you know, just having a scarce, no depth line where, you know, one guy gets hurt and now you're shuffling everybody and everything's right. a week. This is a solid uh, backup move and a fail safe, I would say, to make sure that, you know, if you can't get somebody in the draft or, you know, you don't get the guy that, you know, you you don't like, you have a veteran competition, but, uh, you know, this isn't the move that's going to save the franchise. I would say. Yeah. Oh, no. So I don't think uh, – I, I think Miami's probably going to be done um, on offense in the free agency period. You know, they might sign somebody, you know, somebody that's not really a big name to play tackle, maybe to, you know, to compete. Um, but as far as offense goes, I think they're, they're all set until right. the draft. And that brings us to their big signing. 
which would be Byron Jones. Byron Jones. If you five years, eighty-two million. Um, you know, you put him on the other side of Xavier and Howard, and uh, you got a pretty formidable tandem. Absolutely, Miami's back, defensive backfield just became scary. Absolutely scary. Uh, just Xavier Howard and Byron Jones together. Those are two guys that had some of the lowest target percentages in the entire league. Teams don't want to throw at them. And now you have to pick one, you know, and this is going to be one of those kind of things where if Miami can get a solid safety in the draft to replace Minka Fitzpatrick, this is going to be a Legion of Boom type uh, defensive backfield. And that is just absolutely incredible. Yeah, I, I'm liking it. If we can get a safety, like you said, it's uh, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. I mean, it's already yeah. exciting. You know, for a Miami fan, after what you went through last year, you know, it's great. This past week was it's been awesome. It's been what we've been waiting for. And so that'll bring you, you us to uh, we'll go to the line. Right, we'll go to the line. Emmanuel Agbo signed a two-year, fifteen million dollar contract, seven and a half million. Fully and then guaranteed. they bookend him with Shaq Lawson. Um, and on another good deal, I think that Shaq Lawson, I, I said earlier when we were talking about Buffalo, Shaq Lawson woke up and, you know, he's he's ready to go. This is the guy that, that you expected coming out of Clemson. These are two young guys that I think is quite possible their better days Absolutely, absolutely. And you got them at two reasonable contracts and – um you know, it's just, again, it's an upgrade to what you were putting on the field last year. Huge upgrade. I mean, Charles Harris, bleh, he's still on the team, but not going to be for long. He's not going to make it out of camp. <laughs> yeah. Well, and you didn't even stop there. You upgraded in the linebacker position as well. Uh, Kyle Van Noy, big deal. Four-year, $51 million. <clears throat> Stealing him away from New England. I mean, they, they, they made some upgrades all around here, you know. Yeah. yeah. They signed Landon <laughs> Roberts from New England, linebacker. He's, um, you know, all, he, all reports are that he's, you know, he's a young guy. He's a smart guy. And, uh, you know, he's a hard-hitting linebacker. <laughs> um, Kyle Van Noy can rush the quarterback. He can play the run. He's, he's an all-around player. He's a smart player. And so, you know, all, all that's going to do is just upgrade the defense, you know. More aware. You got players that are more aware of how to play football. Where you were putting guys on the field last year that just, you know, they couldn't get it done. And now you got guys that are going to show you how to get it done. And uh, it's going to be fun to watch. And I'm looking for, you know, believe it or not, it's, it's going to be a fun year. We got the draft coming up. And with, you know, all those picks, like we said, with Miami, um, it's possible they make a big leap in this division. Possible? It's definitely possible. Don't know. It's definitely we'll find possible, out. especially if it's led by a certain Alabama quarterback. <laughs> the fan in me wants to believe that it's going to happen, but it's still a long ways away. And, uh, you know, it's too early no, to talk absolutely. about absolutely. So. But, you know, just looking in, looking ahead, the biggest needs for Miami definitely would still be quarterback, offensive line, and running back, I would say. Uh, really just off uh, – they, they've – Try to cover most of the defensive side of the ball here in free agency. Uh, you know, obviously best players available, um, you know, where you can get them. But I think that those are definitely the three areas of focus here. 
Yeah, I think it's pretty. I think so. I think you know the AFC East is is uh, pretty obvious. I think we both agree that you know both Buffalo and Miami. We both like the moves they made. We both think their teams on the rise. And uh, you know, I'm. I, I think I could speak for you where um, you know you're not thrilled with the moves the Jets made. I don't think they you know make you feel all warm inside and make you think they're going to compete all of a sudden. Um, I certainly don't think those moves are going to have them competing. <laughs> But, uh, you know, and the same thing with the Patriots. I don't like the moves that they've made. So, you know, I think there's two two teams that made some good moves and Absolutely. two teams that haven't. Um, I'm going to say I'm going with the Sam Stradamus projection right here. I'm going to say that I'm going to I'm going to go with this division is going to be Buffalo, Miami, New England, New York. Care to care to put one on the record? This is going to be so. Yeah, I'll put one on the record. This is this is an early one. This is an early one. This could change after the draft, and you know as this evolves. You know we're going to do this again. You know come training camp, and you know it could change. We'll have, we'll have to put our final ones in, but you know as of today on March twenty third, I'm thinking that it's going to be Buffalo, Miami, New York, New England. Oh. Putting the Patriots in the cellar. All right. All right. That's right. That's right. And, uh, yeah, so I think that'll about do it for our AFC East free agency wrap-up. And uh, tomorrow we'll jump to the other side and hit yep. the NFC. Absolutely. I think uh, NF- I think we'll do the same thing. We'll uh, let's start with the East. Uh, probably look at the NFC East tomorrow. Talk about uh, Giants, Redskins, Cowboys and Eagles. Sound good to you, bro? Sounds good. All right. That's a wrap. All right.